What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Now, like, let's just get to it. The whole secular sacred divide. There is no distinction in, in the scriptures. Some of us have trust issues with God. And right, some right. of us, yeah, it's like, does God really got us? You can't engage the culture with the gospel that first has not engaged you. Like, you know how people are like, oh, that's just who I am. No. no. <laughs> with another episode of shaping the culture hope all is well with you guys we got a friend to the podcast friend in real life yes sir talking about friendship Look got to that. got to how you doing by the way how's your day going uh it was busy but you know we here praise god mm-hmm. still alive yeah so it's gonna be a good time i'm excited yeah you want to you want to share uh one of your work stories oh man uh, He's into the podcast a little bit, you know, give, give the people something to laugh about. Yeah. Um, well, one, I didn't tell you. I'll just, I'll, I'll breeze through a couple. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, there was a fire in my building. I don't think I told you that. Yeah. So I work on the seventh floor, right? <clears throat> I get a text on my personal phone, mind you. When it's on my personal phone, that means it's a real problem. Mm. So we'll get notifications for a fire drill. This did not say there's a fire drill. It said there's a fire on a 12th floor apartment. Immediately, any type of procedure, training, yeah. out the window. Yeah. And I said, okay, I know I'm going to leave. I'm not, I'm not saving anybody. <laughs> do I take the elevator or do I take the stairs? Mm. And when I do this, what should I take with me? Because I don't want to look like I'm trying to escape, which I was fully, right? But I go out <clears throat> and I hear sirens. So I'm like, okay, I have a few options here. I can grab my backpack, go down to the parking garage and just leave. Or I could leave some of my stuff here and then take the stairs. Mm. I opted for option number two (laughs) in case I got caught. So I go downstairs. I go to a different building. Uh I hear sirens. I'm like, huh, that's crazy. Wonder what that is. Policeman for what? Get another text. Everything's all good. I said, oh, cool. Went right back up to my office. Went back to work. I said, huh, did I do the right thing? (laughs) Because mind you, I work around some vulnerable adults. Yeah. But I also had to consider, am I going to carry someone down seven flights of stairs? Mind you, the, peop- the, the people don't even know no. what your role is. Right. Some of them, some, listen, bro, uh-huh. there is a woman. God is using this to really help me grow in patience. Yeah. I got in the elevator. A woman is like, oh, I've never seen you before. Mind you, I've been there for six months. So how that's happening, whatever. It's like, oh, I've never seen you before. I said, oh, okay. Said, how long have you been here? I said, oh, about like five, six months. I said, oh, are you in the kitchen? I said, okay, there's levels to this. <laughs> I don't know what your, your mental state is or what you've been through. I said, no, I'm not. Yeah. I actually work in human resources. She said, oh, that's really good. Yeah. I said, okay, Karen, you have a nice day. <laughs> Got off the elevator. It's just a lot going on, but, you know, we praise God. We have assassination attempts. We have, you know, people getting fired. We have people covering up security cameras. It's, 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 it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. But, you know, we're still here. I don't think I've met anyone who's gone through half the things you've gone through at work. I feel like every week you've got some crazy story. Oh, yeah. When I leave, there's a book being written. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And no NDA is being signed. Just, they can't keep me shut. I'm, I'm telling it all. Well, I'm glad you had the energy to come today. Me, praise God. Record this episode. You know, in, in, our, in our weakness, he shows strength. Amen. Mm, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shabbat. Ah, that's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great time. Listen, um, I hope you guys have been enjoying this season thus far. Uh, we've had people like Yodit come on. We've mm-hmm. had people like Flame come on. We've mm-hmm. had people like Ezekiel come on. Y'all been hearing some conversations from the live podcast show that you've we been, did you've been, in Toronto. You've been going crazy, bro. It's been a good season. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm excited for today's episode, too. And something that I want to do moving forward let me give a quick testimony. Yeah. Quick testimony. So when I went on tour, almost everybody, let me not say everybody, almost like every city, there was at least one person in the crowd that would come up to me afterwards and say, I wish I heard from you more. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's this one person in particular I'm thinking about in D.C. who came up to me. She was like, fam. You could have just you could have answered all of these questions if you wanted to. Yeah. Why didn't you contribute to the conversation? Uh, I remember the L.A. show. Mm-hmm. Someone went. Someone came up to me and said, uh, "You know, I, I came for Ruslan, mm. but I stayed for you." Dang. Yeah. And then I, I uh, finished the tour, put a, a poll on my Instagram, talking about what people wanted from shaping the culture moving forward. Yeah. Almost everybody said the same thing. We want to hear from you. I kept hearing that over and over again. And so I was like, huh, maybe I should uh, have some episodes with just some friends and yeah. shooting the breeze. And yeah. Instead of me asking questions mm-hmm. most of the time, let me contribute to the conversation. Yeah. On one end, I'm, I'm incredibly humbled mm. and, uh, yeah, just grateful that yeah. we've got people that listen to the podcast that value what I have to say, that value my contribution. Um, you know, when I first started Shaping the Culture podcast, I started it to bring on people that are way more smarter, wiser mm. than I, more experienced. And I just wanted to facilitate conversation. And so, um, but for people to recognize that I also have something to add to the conversation is dope. So I want yeah. to do that. I've always wanted to add to the conversation, but, you know, imposter syndrome and yeah. just get in our heads. And yeah, that's true. But I think to that point, I think you wanting to do that more and like, you know, I should speak up a little bit more. I think that also speaks to, um, how you're growing in your own confidence and your, yep. like your own gifting and even just in your ability. It's not just like you thinking you can do more, but like you've done more shows, yep. you have done a whole tour, which that could be a whole episode. A in whole episode. Uh, but I think that just speaks to like <laughs> unpacking that tour. Boy, do we got stories. <laughs> Let me tell you, I almost quit in almost, almost every show. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that also just shows like that you're also growing in your craft. Um, and just seeing people like affirm you on the road, off the yep. road, uh, on for people who have uh, like left church and come back on the tour and said like, Hey, you're the, re-, like, this was my one shot. I'm giving God, like, this is the last thing I'm going to give him yeah. and seeing like people like in tears and like being able to mm-hmm. testify, seeing like prayers happening, happening mm-hmm. uh, during shows and seeing just like connection happen and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. all that to say, I think that's also a testament to how you've grown from going from just like, just an audio podcast with one shared mic to <laughs> to doing a whole tour with not just a shared mic. What, what, what the the snowball mic? <laughs> Twenty five bucks from Best Buy. Holla at your boy. That was my budget. Hey, started from nothing. Started from the bottom. Now, now you now you here. here. Hey, Drake. Shout shout out, shout out to him. Yeah. <laughs> you like that last album? We ain't got to talk about it. No. Drake <laughs> fell off from me after twenty sixteen. I've got some grievances when it comes to that brother. It's because he's not your friend. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Dope, dope. Yeah, man. Um, today's conversation, I think it's natural that I lead with something that I, you know, lead in this podcast episode with something that I talk about often, something that's like near and dear to me, mm. something that I value, something that means the world to me. And that's like the, the topic of friendship. Yeah. Um, I honestly believe that one of the things that are that our culture is not talking about, both like mainstream culture, church culture, Christian culture, but that's essential for our development, essential for our well-being, essential for our growth in purpose, mm-hmm. is friendship. I mean, you think about it, we have all these church conferences on marriage and singleness. Um, you have all these like men's conferences, women's conferences, mm-hmm. uh, but nobody ever talks about friendship. Yeah. And I really do think, and, I, and I've seen it from a pastoral level, mm. where um, I really do believe that a lot of people's problems can be solved if they just had friends. Facts. You know what I'm Big saying? Facts, yeah. And um, friendship means the world to me. I was reflecting on this last week as I was um, preparing for a message, um, the series. We're going through a series called At the Table this month at Perigene. Mm. And uh, I was reflecting on a conversation I had with my brother, something that he's like shared with me is that over the years, God has just been gracious to me mm-hmm. when it comes to friendship. So when I think about junior high, when I think about high school, when I think about college, when I think about church, like I've always had good friendships. Mm. I've always had great relationships. And that has played a significant role in where I am today. And so I just figured why not we talk about it. You know, I know you and I talk about this. I know friendship is a relationship that you value as well. Mm. And so before we jump into it, I mean, any reflections on that? Any thoughts on that um, as we kind of unpack what we're going to unpack? Yeah. Uh, something you said, uh, how like a lot of problems can get solved just off of friendships. That's something that really resonates with me. Um, something I realized maybe probably like even like my later years in college um, is that I really, I really wanted to like have a girlfriend and be in a relationship. Part of that was being at a Christian school and having people who held marriage in such a high regard more than like career or calling. It was like, that's the thing to be. Yeah. Um, that definitely played a role. But I think also I really wanted to have uh, somebody to confide in, somebody that I could depend on, somebody that I could talk to at any point that knew me really, really well. And um, yeah. the more that I got good friends around me, the more that I grew in my relationship with the Lord, I realized, like, what I'm looking for is just a good friend. Mm. Um, and a lot of the things that I wanted out of a relationship, I would get out of a healthy friendship. Yeah. And so I had people that could check me. I had people that knew my dreams. I had people that uh, knew my fears and my struggles. I had people yeah. that could encourage me. Yeah. I had people that knew, like, okay, I need to be loved a certain type of way. Yes. Um, yes. And so all those types of, types of things showed me, like, oh, okay, like, marriage is cool, and that is something that I desire. Yes. But a lot, of that, a lot of that frustration gets mitigated because I have true relationships around me. I have true friendships yeah. around me. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, we're already going there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're already going there. We got, we got to. We got to. Before we – okay, so – we're here. Yeah. Um, real quick before we jump into this, I want to read some stats. Yeah. Um, the CDC came out with these stats. Mm. They said that social isolation significantly increased a person's risk of premature death mm. from all causes, a risk that may rival those of smoking, obesity, and <laughs> physical inactivity. 
That's crazy. Think about that for a second. Yeah. You can cut your life short mm-hmm. more. I mean, like by just being a f- alone, yeah. and not having friendships and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you're better off being obese. You're better off. That's the crazy part, bro. Considering the diet we have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For real. Like you're better off eating McDonald's every day than being alone. That's which crazy. Is wild. That's man. crazy. Uh, they went on to say social isolation was associated with about a 50% increased risk of dementia. Crazy. Poor social relationships was associated with a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of a stroke. Um, loneliness was associated with a higher, with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Loneliness, loneliness among heart failure patients was associated with a nearly four times increased risk of death, 68% increased risk of hospita- hospitalization, mm. and 57% increased risk of emergency department visits. 50% is insanely high. These numbers are ridiculous. This is, this is. Lord this Jesus. is an epidemic. Literally. Lord like, Jesus, save us. Being lonely is literally. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good for your bro, physical it's, it's health. It's dangerous, bro. It's dangerous. Yeah. You know, I think about, you know, when God made creation, you know, he made the stars, the ocean, the animals. He said, it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. He made man, said, this is not good for man to be alone, mm-hmm. right? And what's interesting is God himself lives within a community, yeah. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And if we were called to reflect God, we could not alone reflect God, that we need companions, we need friendships Mm -hmm. to do that. And so I want to jump into this conversation with a heavy heart. We're going to have fun, you know, be good, but just like, yo, let's like consider Mm -hmm. what's taking place right now. And loneliness is increasing. It was already a problem before COVID, if I'm not mistaken, loneliness has increased by 60, I think before COVID was like 40%, and now it's 60% after the pandemic, so... It's, it's actually wild. Uh, but the, the, the passage of scripture I want to start with yeah. is found in Proverbs 27.9, which says, Perfume and incense brings joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Mm. Now, when you do a deep dive study on this passage, the word pleasantness is better translated as sweetness. Sweetness. Now, sweetness in this cultural context is different than how we define sweetness. Sweetness is not, I'm like drinking a Celsius right now, which is pretty sweet. You know, we love chocolate cake. We love carrot ice cake. cream, carrot cake. Uh, in this cultural context, that's not what they re- refer to when they said sweetness. Um, s- something sweet had to be discovered. Mm. So you're walking on a path, on a trail, and you discover an apple tree. You take a bite of the apple. It's delicious and it's sweet. Or you come along uh, uh, this this grape tree. You take a bite from the grape. Delicious, right? Mm-hmm. Or you come across mangoes, right? Um, sweetness wasn't manufactured in this day and age. Like we manufacture sweetness. Mm-hmm. Sweetness was something that was natural and had to be discovered. That's good. And so essentially what the author is saying here in Proverbs is that friendship is sweet, but friendship must be discovered. Hmm. It cannot be forged. 
Wow. And I think a lot of the times in our cultural context, in our day and age, we try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But like you can't like friendship is something you discover. It's it's like it's not like a carrot cake where you can manufacture it. Yeah. Friendship is something like an apple where you discover it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to read this quote by C.S. Lewis that says, what you too? I thought I was the only one. Those who simply want friends cannot make any. The very condition of having friends is that you would want something besides friends. When someone asks, do you see the same truth? And you respond, I don't really care about that. I just want to be your friend. Mm. Then no friendship can arise. There is nothing the friendship would be about. Those who have nothing, those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. Mm. And so what I love about that is, again, friendship must be discovered. Yeah. You can't have friends just because you want friends. Mm-hmm. You, you must like, what, you too? Like, you love CHH? I think yeah. that's like how our friendship began, right? Like, yeah. oh, you listen to Andy Mitio. You mm-hmm. listen to KB. You listen to Wande. Like, let's, right? Oh, Snaps, like, you're into content creation. Oh, you're into the arts. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You love live shows. You love concerts, right? Yeah. And and for us, it wasn't just like, oh, I want a friend, so Parker, be my friend. Mm-hmm. But our friendship was discovered when we realized we had similar interests. Yeah. And so, like, let's start there a little bit, like, just talking about this idea that people need to go about, because sometimes people can get corny with it. Yeah. Oh, come be my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, it, it has to be discovered. You can't manufacture it. How does that land on you? Yeah, there are a couple things that come to mind. I think the last thing that you said, like, oh, just be my friend. Something that I see that bothers me personally, <clears throat> and some of this I, I will say might be a little bit of projection because I am an introvert. Yeah. Um, but when people will be like, "Oh, I just made a new friend," I'm like, "You were talking to them for ten minutes. Like, what do you mean? Like, you <laughs> yeah. might you might have made an acquaintance, right. or you might you uh, might have met somebody that you want to build with." But for for me, when I hear like, "Oh, I just made a friend," yeah. like I, I get what people mean. You know yes. what I mean? But like yes. to for some people, like they mean the word friend. And so right. one of the things that you even said is that yeah. when people have the approach to friendship. Their association for friend is, oh, we had a long conversation, we had a common interest, or we're in proximity together. So obviously, yeah. we're friends. And that that happens. Yeah. But I think that the older you get, the more you pursue the Lord. More than anything else, I would say that. The more that you pursue the Lord, I think you develop a uh, just a desire for just things that have a little bit more depth. Yeah. Um, or at least that was my experience. Yeah. And so, like, there were just certain things, like, I just can't really relate to everybody as much anymore. Yeah. And it's a weird transition to go from, like, these are people that I was around in high school and even in the early college years where it's just like, okay, yeah, we have some commonalities, but, like, when it really gets down to it, yeah, yeah. if I want to talk to you about, like, what God has shown me or, like, what I feel like God is developing in me, yeah. if I can't really share that with you, it's like, yeah. uh, we can, we, can, we can talk. We can be cool, but, like, to consider you a friend, I don't feel like I can re- really partner with you right. in what I'm going through. That's good, man. And so I think that, yeah, just I, I think to your point, like when people have this uh, approach to friendship that it's just just commonalities or yeah. a good conversation, like all that stuff is cool, that stuff is great. Yeah. But I think that you get to a certain point that when you desire like true friendship and companionship and people that you can labor with, yeah. it goes way deeper than just like, oh, we like the same song right. or we're in the same space together. Yeah, yeah. I think what you bring up is essential because we have to do the hard work of defining the difference between um, a companion Mm -hmm. and a friend or a better word for companion would be uh, like a peer or uh, what's I'm I'm blanking on the word. Um, 
just someone that you are in proximity to, but someone that you're not really in deep relationship and mm-hmm. fellowship with. But before, like, we move forward in defining these things, I don't want to demonize one. Yeah, one. not at all. Like, we all need co- companions. Yeah. But we also need friendships. Yeah. Right? So yeah. W- we're not saying that, um, you know, you must only have friendships and no companions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a companion is someone that you can go to the ice cream shop with. Yeah. A companion is someone you can go to the movies with, mm-hmm. right? A companion is someone that you can ride a bike with. A companion is someone that you can you know, play pool with or play basketball with or play pickleball with. But a companion, unlike a friend, doesn't know how to go deep with you. They yeah. don't necessarily, the thing that you're speaking of, they don't necessarily know you in an intimate way. Mm-hmm. Therefore, una- they're unable to walk with you in ways that are meaningful to yeah. you. So a companion might know that you love basketball, but a friend knows your dream. Right. Right. A companion might know that you're pursuing a career in rap, but a friend knows your failures in that pursuit, right? A companion might know that you've got three siblings, four siblings, but a friend knows the family dynamics Mm -hmm. within your context, right? So it's like a layer, like a, there's, there's a, there's a level of depth of friendship that friendship brings but we all like I've, I can't just only hang out with friends. I need people to just hang out with as well. Yeah. I need people to travel with. I need, I like I'm not, and, and that's the thing. Not all your friends are going to be fans of basketball, or mm-hmm. not all your friends are going to want to play pickleball with you. Yeah, it's it's awesome to have companions or peers. They, they serve a purpose. Yeah, but it's it's helpful to make that distinction because a friend goes a bit deeper with with you. Yeah, and so something that I I was thinking about this week is that. There, there are some friendships or companionships where they're not, I don't have a great deal benefit. Mm. You know what I mean? And that made me really check myself and be like, man, I'm really looking for, I evaluate my friendships based off what I'm getting out of it, as right. if like that's the purpose for them. Right. And I think in some cases, like there is, that doesn't need to be there, right? If we're talking about friendships, I do need people that are able to pour into me and encourage me. Yes. But for some people who are on a level that's maybe above that or whatever the, the case would be, uh, it's not always going to be what I can get out of it. Sometimes right. it's depositing in right. them. Sometimes it's putting up with stuff that annoys me, right. but adjusting so that I can be a better friend for them right. or being a better example or just being present with them. And so there were conversations that I had this week and things that I was thinking back on. Where I was like, man, this person just gets on my nerves when they talk about this thing. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm sure I do that for other people. Mm-hmm. And they put up with me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in addition to that, like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, because everybody isn't going to be, to your point, like this super deep, let's just go there. Sometimes it's, okay, let me adjust a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because there are some people that I'm sure everybody experiences this. Uh, I'm fine being around them, but I think that sometimes it might be a little uneven where they're like, oh, let's hang out. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I think to the, I think even though that may happen, that doesn't mean that A, there can't be benefit overall. Right. And like not everything has to benefit me uh, not more than the other person. Right. Sometimes it is right. about giving and just like being in a position where like, okay, cool. Like, what do you want to do? Let's make sure we can hang out. Let's have a conversation. That's you know what good. I'm saying? I, th- I think what you're pointing out is instrumental. It's key. And as a pastor, I feel it. I think there's a difference between community and, there, and, and friendship. Yeah. Right. So when I'm thinking about the kind of community we want to build at Parazine Church, we're going to rally around a vision. Mm-hmm. We're going to rally around a mission. We're going to rally around a purpose. We don't have to come from the same socioeconomic background. We don't have to come from the same family background. Mm. We don't have to have the same <clears throat> ideas. We don't have to have the same interests. 
the, the point of church is to actually lay aside all of that and focus on the one who unites all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And so and there's like a level of putting up with one another there because yeah. and there's a, it's good for our sanctification. It's mm-hmm. good for our <laughs> development, right? I think like church is important. It's valid. And in fact, it served as an apologetic in the first century mm-hmm. because no other institution welcomed men and women, Jew and Gentile, uh, rich, poor, mm-hmm. free, barbarian, right? The church was a place that served as a as a as a as an institution where Christ evens out the playing field, and it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Yeah. You are all welcomed, you are all loved, and you are called to be a part of this family. Mm. That is essential. That is necessary, even when it's difficult, even yeah. when it's hard. But just because you're in community with people doesn't necessarily mean that you're friends with everybody you're in community with. For real. And I think we need to talk about this because sometimes we, we kind of think that just because I go to church with someone, they have to be my friend. They do or not. Just because I go to church with someone, they're a good fit to be my friend. Mm. But if we're all coming from different backgrounds, we're coming from different cultural uh, you know, upbringings and experiences, and we're all in a different place in our spiritual formation and sanctification, mm. there's like, you got to walk in wisdom. There's, yeah. there's, you got to, you know, not everybody, I mean, we, we must be in community with everybody, mm-hmm. we must do life with everybody, but that level of friendship, we need to be a little bit more cautious yeah. because that's a bit more intimate mm-hmm. and we have to be wise with that because like your, your group of friends really determine where you're going in life and sometimes you need certain people and you, you have to do away with other people. That doesn't yeah. mean you do away with people you go to church with. Mm-hmm. That just means that uh, the people you go to church with, th- there's, there's limitations to how far the relationship can go. Yeah. Not always. Mm-hmm. People grow, people evolve. Yeah. And I do believe, too, in a church context, like you can't only be hanging around people that serve you. No. you got to be around people that... <laughs> You serve and that can do anything back in return for, yeah, for you. Yeah. That, again, that's the beauty of church and sanctification mm-hmm. and, and our spiritual formation. But friendship is a bit differently. Can you speak to why you think that we confuse or conflate the two? Uh, friendship and companionship? Or friendship and community? Because uh, you hear it all the time. Like, yeah. oh, I can't go to church here. Yeah. I just feel like nobody can be my friend. Or Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I can't connect with anybody yeah like hopefully you're able to find some friends yeah but typically when people say that what i think they're saying is the majority of people can't be my friend mm-hmm. here and i don't think that's the goal no i don't think it should be no because i think like something that while you were talking i thought about um who was it the disciples like matthew and i forget who the zealot was but you have people who are on like complete opposite yeah. ends of yeah. the spectrum and so I think that kind of shows, like, like when I say opposite, it's like, Literally. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for the government and, like, <laughs> tear it down. Yeah. And so I think that that shows, like, that's what Christ is going to do is, like, bring people who are complete opposites. And I think, to your point, it doesn't mean we have to, like, go deep all the time. There are people that I'll see on a regular basis on Sunday. We can say, what's up? I want to check in. Like, I genuinely care for you. But I'm just like, other than that, I'm kind of good. Like, if you need me, like, let me know. Yeah. But I think that my, my understanding of, like, my role with other believers is that I'm going to like, I'm going to exemplify Christ and I'm going to be present and I'm going to love people. Right. And I think loving people doesn't always mean 
hey, come do what I want to do. Sometimes it's just sitting with them and talking and listening. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's helping people move and then going over and they're not prepared and we got to be there for six hours and like not complaining about it after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Just like just serving, like not expecting anything back. Um, And so I think that sometimes we conflate the two maybe because of um, expectation, Mm. Um, expectation of what we want from people. I think sometimes we project and like how people have treated us. That's how we're going to expect other people to react. Um, and sometimes I think it's just, uh, lack of knowledge. You know what I mean? I think that like, as you grow up, you hear like, this is my best friend. This is whoever, whatever. It's like, no, y'all were just around each other for a long time, but you don't, there's, there's not anything that's like kept you guys together for real. Can I, can I share a story? There's a pastor that I look up to a great deal and he's just raising his children. Right. And I remember a few years ago, you know, his eldest daughter, I think at the time she was like eight, nine years of age. You know, after service, me and a friend of mine were engaging her, talking, how are you doing, son? Close your eyes. How are you? And the friend that was with me was another young lady, and she's like, oh, you know, like, I'm one of your friends. Mind you, this eight, nine-year-old girl is just eight, nine years of age. Mm-hmm. She looked up and told my friend, I don't know you. You're not my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember being so taken aback mm. in a good way yeah. because this is a young girl who knew what a friend was and she didn't just throw that word around mm. loosely, right? There was weight to that word friend. And even for me, like I've changed a lot in my vernacular the older I've gotten. You know, people will be like, hey, I saw you taking a picture with so-so, you must know them. I'm like, I don't know them, I know of them. Mm. Or hey, I saw you hanging out with so-and-so, you must, you know, I don't know them, I know of them. There's a, there's a difference, yeah. right? Um, just because somebody goes to church with me doesn't mean I know them intimately, mm-hmm. right? And I think that when we define what a friend is, we can manage expectation well. And that's right. what you were getting at a little mm-hmm. bit. That young girl who's eight, nine years of age yeah. was able to identify the definition of friendship. And so when somebody called her a friend, she was able to say, and I think we need to have, <laughs> I mean, she's a little bold with it, but just like, yo, DTRs, like not yeah. just in a romantic mm-hmm. context, but a platonic context too. Like, hey, what is this? Those are tough, bro. Yeah. Have, that- you, ever, have you ever had a DTR for a friend? I, I have, but it wasn't planned, which is what made it a little bit more difficult. What happened? <clears throat> so there was, <clears throat> this happened a couple times in college. Uh-huh. This happened, this happened, yeah. I'm learning about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was uh, a friend group, there was maybe like three or four of us, and then there was one girl in particular who uh, seemed like we would always get into it. Yeah. And like, I'm, I, I banter with people, yeah. like just for fun. But it would be suffer. I'm like, yo, hey, hey, like, relax. What's going on? Yeah. And yeah. so I remember one time, it was like maybe a year or two. And I, we were like sitting down. I was like, yo, what's the, what's the, what's the deal? Because I feel like sometimes you're very like just visceral. Just like you just be coming at me. I was like, what's the issue? She's like, well, I just don't get like why, why you're acting like this sometimes. Because like we're like friends. I was like, okay. But she's like, yeah, but we're like close. Like why would you do this? I said, what, 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 you, what, what do you mean? Yeah. It's like, well, we're just like really close. So I don't get why you do the things that you do sometimes. I said, why, why would you say that we're close? She's like, well, I've known you for like two years. I said, okay, I see what you're saying, but like we, don't, we haven't really gone through anything together. We haven't talked through things. Like we don't know each other that well. We only hang out in the context of like this group. And so like that's helpful to know that this is how you're seeing it because this ha- this, I was seeing it from a different perspective. And so because we both were coming at it from two different angles, if I don't show up for something, she's thinking, wow, how can my close friend not show up for me? And I'm thinking 
it's just a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that that showed me like, oh, okay, not everybody is seeing this the same way. Right. Just because we've spent a, a an amount of time together, because we were in the same uh, ecosystem for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. you think that that means that we're close friends, and that that to you says you have you have a certain expectation of how I'm going to show up for you. Yeah. And I'm just thinking I've just seen you in the same place for two years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think that it has forced me one to not make assumptions. Yeah. Um, and I think also to, I'm not, I'm not going to step into a friendship and be like, Hey, so let's talk about how do, how do we want to go about this? Maybe that's what you need to do for some people, but it has shown me like to tell people up front, like, Hey, I'm, I'm not the best at responding or, Hey, I'm going to do this or, Hey, just kind of giving them a little bit more of understanding of who I am. So they know they don't take things personally. And also that, so that just so that they know like, Hey, this is kind of where I'm at and being gentle. Cause it doesn't have to be as, uh, as formal as saying like, hey, what does this friendship look like? Right. And again, in some cases it might, because yeah. um, I have had situations where um, I'm misinterpreting, like with uh, a friend that's uh, a girl or a woman, I might misinterpret some of her actions. Yeah. Um, and I try to be very cautious about just like, okay, let me think through this. Is this a me thing? Is this whatever? Yeah. But as things might get, uh, I might get comments from other people or other people might say things. I'm like, all right, I think we need to have a conversation. And I'm like, oh, I was completely off because I didn't understand how you approach friendship. And you're, this is just your personality. These are the types of things that you do with people that you enjoy being around. And so, um, yeah, bro, it's, it's, uh, they, it can be messy in the sense that, like, it can be tough telling somebody, like, oh, I don't really see you as a friend like that because that can be hurtful. But I think it's also, again, it's a test of, like, okay, how can I balance uh, showing up for you properly? if you do see it like this, but also setting clear expectations because I'm not going to be a friend to everybody. Yeah. I don't have the, the capacity to truly be what a friend means to a whole lot of people. Yeah. And sometimes I just don't want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So between those two things, I think like, yeah, I've had to have some conversations where I'm, it's, it's awkward, but yeah. they end up being necessary. Yeah. And I, and I think that's important to note because especially the older I've gotten, I've realized, man, I can't be everybody's friend. No. Like, if I want to be a good friend, I got to hone in on just a handful mm-hmm. of people. And what I'm learning over time is that everybody has a different definition of what a friend is. So for your instance, she thought you guys were friends because you guys hung around the same group for X amount of time, mm-hmm. where you thought you're a friend of mine if I share the deeper parts of who I am. Right. There's there's no alignment there. You guys are operating on two different playing fields and you guys have to have that conversation and for me i've learned that i you know i have to be intentional about having those conversations Mm. and i think that the older i've gotten i've realized the importance of having those conversations and one of my favorite examples in the bible is david and jonathan they were the bestest of friends Mm -hmm. and one thing that they did they, they were there was clear communication they knew that they were good friends yeah the Bible says that they actually made a covenant with one another, which is ironic to me because the only time you hear language around covenant is marriage and God's relationship with us. Mm-hmm. But David and Jonathan literally made a pact with one another. David and Jonathan told one another that I will look out for you until the very end. Yeah. The, the Bible actually says that David loved Jonathan more than his wives. Mm-hmm. And people mis- misinterpret that and you know they, they try to make it sound... Some make it seem like something it isn't, mm-hmm. but I understand what it's getting at. Like, yo, there's a conversation. They sat down and they said, yo, I love you. You love me. 
no matter what, we're going to work this thing out. Yeah. No matter what season of life you're in, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're thinking, no matter what you're experiencing, I am committed to you and I expect you to be committed to me. And from that conversation, from that place, there was clear and healthy expectation mm -hmm. because they said, I'm in covenant with you. Yeah. And I think that we need to get to that place. I mean, this is another thing that's an extra yeah, we, we definitely need to talk about covenantal friendship mm. because that's, I don't see that in our culture anymore. But I, I bring that story up to, to talk about how it's so essential to be clear with what this is so that expectations mm. can be clear and healthy. And uh, I think about even in my own life, some of the best friends that I've had and some of the good friends I had, we've had to, in every season of life, sit down and reevaluate mm. where, like, are we still going to be good friends? Are we are we going to hold it down for one another? What does it look like to hold it down for one another today? Because yeah. what it looks like today is not what it looked like 10 years ago. What it looked like six months ago. I'm evolving. You're evolving. I'm growing. You're growing. Your needs are looking different. You're getting married. You're having kids. Like, there's... We, we have to show up for each other in conversation so we should we can show up for each other in real life mm. because life is constantly evolving and we're constantly changing too. My desires are changing. My affections are changing. My yeah. purpose is changing. Life and direction is changing. That means my expectation for friendships. look like I'm in a season of life right now where what it looks like to support me as a friend looks radically different than what it looked like two years ago. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with what the Lord is doing in my heart, what the Lord is doing in my world. I remember you and I had a very honest conversation at Chick-fil-A. And I remember, should I tell this story? Are we here, bro? I'm trying to remember what story you talk about. Uh, when I was like, people being drawn to you for certain things. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so... It's really weird, and I know you can relate to this too, but sometimes when you're gifted at something, you people gravitate towards you, and if you're not careful, you'll, you'll, you'll start to believe that they, they like you, that they, and I'm not talking about romantically, I'm just talking about like, yeah. you know, they, 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 care, they care for my well-being, they care, they care about who I am. Yes, but, like, I've just realized over the last couple of years, like, they can, somebody can love your gift mm -hmm. and not have no love for you as an individual. Yeah. There's a difference between being drawn to the gift that God has given me mm -hmm. and being drawn to the person that God has made me to be. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll mistake one for the other and think that we have more friends than we really do. <laughs> Man. And, and, and it's easy, especially because, like, when your friends are being honest with you. Yeah. Because a real friend, I mean, Proverbs talks about this. It's better to receive a rebuke mm -hmm. from, a, from a, a friend than a kiss from, from an, an enemy. enemy. It's so much better for you to be like, hey, bro, I'm not really impressed by you asking questions. I'm mm -hmm. not really impressed by your teaching. Yeah. Man, <laughs> you, you could have texted that person better. Yeah. <laughs> or like, fam, like that was a, th your integrity needs to step up in that, you know? Yeah. Um, but the person that's just drawn to you and what you bring to the table for the community, mm -hmm. for the context, is not really thinking about or considering in those things. They're not really expecting anything much more than 
the gift. And mm-hmm. so I know you and you kind of resonated with that a little bit. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, it can just be exhausting, bro. Like when you, I think when you have a, uh, a solid understanding of what God has given to you, what he's gifted you with, you try to make sure that you can steward that you want to cultivate it. You want to be around people that can, um, encourage you in that. Yeah. And I think like you walk in that, you know what I mean? And so I think that what comes along with that is that people also start to see it and can, can be blessed by it and be impacted by it, which was what our gifts are for. Um, but I think that I've been in situations where it's just like, man, like I, I've had, I've had people, um, I want to be mindful how I say this so I don't, uh, the way that people have said like, oh man, I really like this aspect about you. I know that it's like what God has gifted me with, but it just makes me feel like, you know, does anybody a just like want me for me? Mm. And it just, it's because people see that now I feel like I have to, Mm. I have to just be the bigger person, not because the other person isn't responsible, but I have to make sure I'm on top of everything because they're looking at me for this reason. And so I remember having a conversation with someone where it was a situation like that. Um, and they were just kind of saying, oh, I see this, I see this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <clears throat> but I remember like getting home and just being so exhausted and being like, man, like, I don't, I don't, <sighs> the gift is cool, but sometimes I want to return it, man. Like, I, it, because it, it's just, it's, it's weighty, bro. Yeah. Like you feel the responsibility of, of stewarding what God has given you yeah. well, especially when it relates to other people. Um, but it's exhausting to feel like sometimes people just want that from you or that I can't fully be myself or I can't be comfortable because I have to be mindful of how I'm showing up for people. And that should happen regardless. But there's a difference between like, if I'm talking with you or some of our other friends and be like, man, I'm just like, this is where I'm at. You know what I mean? Versus like, if I'm in a small group or the, a larger group from church goes out to dinner, like, Oh, how's everybody doing? I I can, I might be able to be vulnerable, but I can't be intimate. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of that comes with like, uh, the way people verbalize, like, what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is cool, God. I'm glad you're using me in this way. But also, if you could, like, yeah, yeah. chill out. Can we can we talk about the difference between vulnerability and transparency? Yeah. I think that's, like, an important distinction. Yeah. Um, I think that everybody can be transparent, mm-hmm. but vulnerability is another level of intimacy. Yeah. So the way I define is just being honest about life, the situation that you're in, right? Sure. So when you're transparent, you're honest about where you're at in life. Case in point, I lost my job yesterday. Vulnerability is another step in intimacy. And in vulnerability, you not only are honest about a life event or where you're at, but now you share how you feel about that specific life event. So to be transparent is to acknowledge or to share, I lost my job. Vulnerability, now you take it a step further and you say, and I feel like a failure or I feel like God is not with me. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're peeling back the onion yeah. and you're revealing a, a, a thing or two about you, yeah. how you process information, mm-hmm. how you feel about God, what you think about yourself what you think about the job and how it added value to you. There's, and then again, there's even more layers to that. And I think that it's easy to be transparent. It's easy. Like it's easy to be like, well, for some people it might not be easy, but for me, it's easy to be like, yeah, you know, we, we planted a church six months COVID, mm-hmm. before COVID. but man, to talk about what that was really like, mm-hmm. 
that's really tough to yeah. just talk about the fears that I had, the failures that I had, the mm-hmm. late nights and, you know, some of the experiences that I had and, you know, all of that yeah. is another level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we have a hard time sharing with others that level of vulnerability. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. Like, I think, especially if you have people you can be vulnerable with, and that's mm-hmm. like the beauty of friendship. I think that's why we need people to share our life with. Yeah. I, um, I think about that song. I think it was David who said, when I kept secret, all of my sin and when I kept secret mm-hmm. the innermost part of who I was, my bones began to, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, grow weak or it began to, I began to slowly die or what have you. Yeah. And that like, I mean, science has come back and shown us that we weren't made to keep secrets. Like, yeah. The, the, the more private we are, the, the shorter our lifespan is mm-hmm. like they, they've, they've done the stu- studies and they've showed that when you, are a private person or secret person, a secretive person. Um, it's associated with like heart disease, yeah. and high blood pressure, and mental health issues. And so, science is catching up with the Bible and agreeing with the Bible that we were meant to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We were meant to be naked and unashamed. Yeah, we were meant to right. And so, I guess the follow up. I, I think we spent a lot of time talking about the difference between, you know, a companion and a friend. We've talked about the difference between community and friendship. We talked about, you know, how sometimes, you know, people only want to receive us for our, you know, what we bring to the, maybe it's not your gift. Maybe it's your personality. People just enjoy you to be the funny guy. And that can be interpreted as, oh, you've got friends. Mm -hmm. They just enjoy, they're not really your friends. They just enjoy. It's like having you around. Yeah, (laughs) having you around, right? And then we've talked about like having the tough conversations, the mm-hmm. defining conversations. But like, let's get into some of the benefits of yeah. friendship and like why people should pursue friendship, yeah. even though it's messy and difficult. Like, yeah. what, what kind of comes to your mind? Um, a lot, man. I think a big one is growth. Um, so I think like s- something I've had to grow in that's been really challenging, but also really beneficial yeah. is I, I've had to tell people how I need to be loved. Mm. And Uh-oh. that that sounds selfish, but I think that it's important to, that you communicate like what you need. And so there have been times, I remember I've had a conversation with you about this where I've been like, hey bro, like you did this and it really, ma- it hurt me. Like it really made me feel like this because this is how I see you, this is how I see us. Mm-hmm. And when you did X, Y, Z, it just, it, it, hurt, it hurt my feelings, bro. Mm-hmm. And like for me being a very private and guarded person, it already takes a lot for me to even entertain the thought of like bringing that up and then to present it in a very plain way and just say, Hey, this is how I feel and open myself up like that. That, that is a very, it's scary. Yeah. That's scary because I don't know how you're going to respond, but what I have to reflect on is, okay, if this friendship is how I, is how I know it to be. If I trust you for your character and what I've seen of you, I can believe that if I tell you how I'm feeling, you're going to handle that with care. And so I've had other friends where it's been a similar situation where I come to them about a situation and I vent and I met with, oh, counting all joy. And, oh, well, I told you, I'm just like, man. And it, it, it's made me like pull back and be like, man, this, I was about to, 
<laughs> I'm about to say so. Uh, but she'd be like, man, I don't like this person. I don't want to talk to him. I'm gonna, I'm going to remove myself as a form of punishment, so you don't get to benefit from my presence, which is a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, for real, uh, shout out to therapy. Um, but it's it's forced me to be like, okay, I need to let this person know what they did and how they're making me feel, so that they know uh, how to adjust and say, hey, bro, when I came to talk to you about this situation, um, I didn't I didn't need a response. I just needed you to hear me. And when you're responding this way, it makes me feel like I'm not heard. It makes me feel like you don't care. And, bro, it's it's annoying. It makes me not want to share with you. But because I love you, I do want to share my life with you. But I just I just need you to listen sometimes. I don't always need a response. The stuff you're telling me, I'm aware of. Trust, I believe you. Yeah. But, like, not right now. I just need you to listen to me sometimes because I just I just need you to be a friend. Yeah. Um, and they apologize. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I can do this. And just let me know. And it's cool. Like, we squash it. Um, but it, it, it forced me to resolve any bitterness that I had in my heart yeah. and also to humble myself and not feel like, uh, well, I get to be angry. I'm going to control the situation or I'm going to make you feel, it's just like, yeah. that's, that's not what friendship is about. Right. And so it's forced me to grow in a lot of ways. It's made a, uh, me a better communicator. Yeah. Um, it's made me better at, um, conflict resolution. Yeah. It's made me forgive a lot more. It's yeah. sanctified and is continuing, continuing to sanctify yeah. me. Uh, and it, bro, like my friends have held me down, like at my lowest points, dog. Yeah. Like at points where, like, some of my favorite prayers from David, I think Flame was talking about this, are the prayers where he's just like, you know, or even for real, or like even even we were going through uh, the story of Job a couple of weeks ago in home groups, and Job was just like, yo, curse the day I was born. Anybody who celebrates the day I was born, stop it. Like when I've been in points like that having people around me who I can be honest with and who aren't like, oh, but God is still good. They're just like, they'll sit with me and just like be quiet. You know what I'm saying? Or they'll go out to eat. Or like when I'm talking about, I I have a fear of like uh, talking about something too much. Like I feel like people are going to be like, all right, shut up, get over it. You know what I mean? Which logically doesn't make sense because one, that doesn't match up with their character. And like there's no reason for me to think that, but that's just an insecurity that I have. Um, but having people, um, you, I think you, you mentioned this to somebody, but you were telling them like, yo, Parker is someone like, we have to like ask him questions because he's afraid of like just unloading on us unnecessarily. And I remember laughing when I heard that, but I was like, dang, one, I do do that. That's <laughs> funny hearing it verbalized. But also I was like, man, like my friends know me enough to know things that even, I, even though I haven't spoken them, they know this about me and they know how to adjust to help me to, they know how to be what I need them to be in that moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's good. So I want to I want to bring up a particular story. Yeah, because you, you shared a lot of great insights on the benefits of friendship, and I think people don't talk about this enough. Friendships are deep, intimate, vulnerable, and you're leaving yourself up to open to hurt. Mm-hmm. So I won't get into the particulars of the story. All right, but I, I'm gonna share a time where I think I hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> Which time? <It> was <laughs> All right. Settle down. Uh, settle down. So I, we were on tour, mm-hmm. driving back to Minnesota from Texas. <laughs> you know exactly where I'm I going. I do. Uh, There's confusion in that car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you And God bless Yoni. Yoni knew the situation better than I did. So we, to my credit... We had like 15 hours of so much different type of conversation. Yeah. So sometimes I didn't know when we were moving from, 
hey, this is somebody opening up now yeah. to like, hey, we're just talking. Mm-hmm. And so unbeknownst to me, the conversation moved from just, hey, let's we're shooting the breeze yeah. to you like bearing your heart. And I was like on you. And I, I this kept, man, this man pushed back. It switched. It switched from, uh, oh, this is what I've been thinking about. to this is how I'm feeling. And this man was like, the way you push back, bro. I was, I was like, hey, no way he thinks like this. And I was like, dog, like, first of all, we went in this car like 24 hours. You should know what I'm thinking by now. Yeah. But I was I just like, I really I, didn't. You, you didn't, which is one, an assumption yeah. on my part. Yeah. But also it was just like, I was like, yo, bro, like, I don't have an answer. I don't know. I'm yeah. just telling you how I'm feeling. Yeah. But sorry, go ahead. I got no, you No, no, you're good. But I just remember like wanting better because as a friend, <laughs> I wanted better for you. So I, I just refused to accept what you were sharing. And That's I was like, you did. You did refuse it. I was like, bro, this is not how the world works. <laughs> you need to grow bro, up. I was like, okay, duh. <laughs> like, what you mean? <laughs> No, that's not what you were responding. How you responded? You were, no, that's how I felt though. Yeah, yeah, you were dead set on your point. Oh, yeah. And I just dropped the ball, and I didn't know that. Like in that moment, you were having a Joe moment. Mm. You were just trying to be honest about how you felt. Yeah. And instead of sitting with you, I try to correct you. And um, <laughs> I don't think in the moment I was like I was thinking like I need to correct him. But no. In the moment, I remember thinking like. I want better for you. <laughs> and I remember you telling me, you're like, yeah. yo, I know you, I know you don't think like this. Like, what do you, what, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you were, you were going through something at the time. And in that moment you were just, you, you had a vulnerable moment and I, I, I dropped the ball on that. And I remember afterwards feeling terrible and like having to apologize because I didn't want you to think that I was trying to be insensitive to you. Like mm-hmm. once I figured out what it was, I felt terrible because I was like, dang, I missed an opportunity to just show up for you mm. as a friend because we value moments where we can be honest about, hey, like as a pastor, I'm feeling this way. I know this isn't the truth about who God is. I know mm. this isn't the truth about the church. I know this isn't the truth about love, but I just feel like this. Or I've had moments where I feel a certain way about podcasting. Mm-hmm. I feel a certain way about purpose. And it's not really true to what I know yeah. or how I'm moving. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I remember one time telling you, I think I'm giving up. And you were, I think you were confused. You're like, why do you feel that way? I was like, this is it, man. This is it for me. And you, you showed up. But like we, so like we value um, vulnerability. We value the, the privilege of just showing up as we are, mm-hmm. knowing that we know better. Yeah. Right? And I think that it takes a level of trust to be that vulnerable because in moments like that, you have to believe that this friend is so for you that they allow you to be honest about where they're at. Yeah. And that's the thing I've realized in life. If you can never acknowledge where you're at, if you don't know your starting point, Mm -hmm. you will never know how to get to your destination. Come on. And so if we don't allow the, the, the freedom for our friends to just show up as is, yeah, we can never be there for them and what God has for them ultimately. And yeah. like, it's tough though. Like it's, it's really hard to just show up and, 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 you know, I mean, I, I there have been many a times where I've come and I'm just like, yo, I, I think I, like a few weeks ago I had, uh, I don't know if I like bombed a sermon or the, the I don't know. I still <laughs> to this day don't know what happened. Yeah. But I just remember feeling so vulnerable and feeling like, man, 
grace has lifted. <laughs> You're so dramatic too. Just like I remember specifically thinking, "This is it." Mm. You know, let me hang. It's good while it lasted. It's good while it lasted. <laughs> let me just focus on podcasting. <laughs> you know, and um, you know, just confessing that to you and some friends, and you know, everybody responded well. Like, hey. This, this, this moment doesn't define you. There is more to it. We'll, we'll do better next week, you know? And I think that that's the beauty of friendship. Not only do we leave room and space for us to show up as is, but we speak to who we know our friends can be. Mm. And I think that that's a real friend. A friend is someone that doesn't just see you as you are. Yep. A friend is someone who sees you as you can be mm. and is committed to that process of you becoming yeah. who that person is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend is committed to studying you friend is committed to understanding your patterns and your ways so that they can be sensitive, gracious, humble, and be your biggest cheerleader. Like I'm just at a point in life where if, if you know, it, and maybe this is maybe something we could talk about. Like it's one thing for you to show up for me when I'm down and out. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like a good test of a, of a friend but I'm learning in this season of life, mm. it's a whole nother thing when a friend shows up for you to celebrate your wins. Really? Yeah. We I don't I don't think we've processed this. Mm. I just I'm at that place in life where I realize it's just as important for your friends to celebrate you as it is for them to show up for you in your lowest of moments. Yeah. There's something about W's where it could be really long. And if you don't have people to, like, I'll I'll give an example. I was watching uh, Brilliant Idiots. It's a podcast with Andrew Schultz and Charlemagne. Mm. Andrew Schultz has been doing stand-up comedy for 10-plus years. And I think it was last week, he sold out Madison Square Garden twice. Mm. When I saw the way Charlemagne celebrated that man, Mm. like... He, he's like, I don't want to talk about anything else today on the <laughs> podcast. We got to talk about this. Yeah. Popping the champagne, mm. letting him know I'm going to be there for you. Yeah. Yo, like, the world is finally catching up to what I saw in you mm. years ago. Like, it's, I'm sad it even took this long. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think, the, this episode that was aired was before they decided to, to um, book a second show okay and he Charlamagne was saying that like yo you got to do a second one like you you sold out the garden in 90 minutes that's crazy which is actually crazy when you think about honestly, it. honestly it's insane and i was like yo Charlemagne is not threatened by his success yeah Charlemagne mm. is not jealous of his success yeah Charlemagne is not uh comparing him to his success mm-hmm. Charlemagne is just present and he's acknowledging oh my goodness you worked 10 plus years for this moment yeah i yeah. salute you i love you i'm here to suck Mm. And I'm just like, you know how hard it is to do that as a friend? Mm. Because yeah. I have learned over the yeah. years that your wins can offset someone else's insecurity. Oh, yeah, big time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or your wins can remind others where they're at mm-hmm. and where they're not. Mm-hmm. For real. <laughs> and so for a friend to put aside where they're at yeah. and to acknowledge where God has you, mm-hmm is a big deal. Yeah. I always say, I, I remember the Lord revealed this to me in a sermon um, a couple of years, few years back, but uh, envy is a form of unbelief. Mm. 
when you're envious of somebody's spot, it's because you don't believe God has something for you. That's good. When you are envious of what the Lord is doing in someone else's life, it's because you don't believe that God is leading you somewhere or has something mm. for you. And so in friendship, I've learned those who can intimately celebrate with you yeah. are ones that are really for you. Yeah. Because, I mean, we don't talk about this enough. When you show up for someone when they're down and out, mm -hmm. you, this is human nature. Yeah. There's a part of you that feels better about yourself. Oh, for sure. There's a part of you that's like, ah. I did that. I did that. Yeah. Or, 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 dang, that sucks that they're going through that. I'm glad I'm not there. Mm. Like, I, am I the, I just confessing right now. This yeah. is, this is some, uh, I don't know if this is vulnerability or transparency, but there, there are <laughs> moments where I'm like, yo, I'm praying for you, I'm with you, and then yeah. I'm driving home, or I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, wow, like, I'm so glad I'm not there. Yeah. And I just, I, I was having a conversation with Joe Solomon about this, and we were talking about that, um, that worship song, that praise song. Um, it could have been me. Yeah. And Joe's the one who pointed it out to me. He's like, bro, that song is so wild when you really think about it. <laughs> what are we saying to the people that don't have anything to eat? <laughs> he would be the one to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, there's something in us that like. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyways, side tangent there. But oh, that's good. Yeah. Any, uh, any other thoughts on what it looks like to show up for someone? Um, I do think like, <clears throat> I think this should be taken with a grain of salt. I think this needs to be done with grace and in balance. Yeah. Um, I think when you show up for people yeah. when they're at a low point, that is a form of, of investment. Now, what I think we can, we can do sometimes is feel entitled that people have to show up for us because we showed up for them, mm. which isn't right. At the same time, talk about this. at the same time, yeah. It, 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 if you don't show up for anybody, why would they show up for you? Yeah. Now, again, there's, there's a delicate, there's a very fine line there, yeah. right? Because I'm not saying show up for people so they show up for you, but there's a, there's a line in a song. I forget how it goes, but essentially the, the point of it was no one was showing up for me because I didn't put time into any of my relationships. When I really needed people, they weren't there for me. Yeah. And so... Part, part of the benefit of, like, showing up for people is that you are investing in the relationship. Like, you need to cultivate it. Like, right, right. there's not going to be anything there for you to not take from, but there's not going to be anybody to deposit in you if you weren't depositing anything yes. in the relationship. And so it's, it's, not, it's not you depositing for the sake of getting something back, but you can't expect something back when you haven't put anything in it. Yeah. That's a little bit unfair. Can I also say something about mature relationships and friendships? Mm. It takes a real mature friend to acknowledge that my friend is showing up to me to the best of their ability, even if I don't feel like it's enough for me. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta, I'm going I'm to be driving home evaluating some stuff. Like, and that's like what I'm learning in adulthood because hmm. not all my friends are single. Most, not, most of your friends aren't single. <laughs> That's, a, uh, that's another episode, that's dear Lord. Episode, Weathering the storm. <laughs> uh, even if I have married friends, yeah, you know, not all my married friends, you know, don't have kids, or yeah. have kids, I should say. And so, 
my expectation has to shift. Mm. There, there's got to be a moment in time where I recognize that they're loving me the best they can yeah. given the season they're in. Mm-hmm. They're giving me the best of their time, even if it's not the way it used to be. Yeah, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I've got yeah. plenty of friends where I have to. Th- this is what. Okay, we got to talk about this. <laughs> and this is why communication is essential in yeah. friendship. If you don't sit down with someone and share with them how they grieved you, mm-hmm. and you don't allow for them to be honest about where they are, because there's just something about human nature. We believe that people are just out to get us. Yeah. Even our bestest <laughs> of friends, like they do so. Why do they say it like that? Yeah. Oh, that joke, that was a little sharp. Trauma. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it takes a level of vulnerability to be like, because you, you brought this up earlier. Hey, this hurt me. Mm-hmm. But then we, my pastor used to always say mature relationships, mature friendships leave room for the other party mm. to be human or to make mistakes. That's good. Mature relationships and friendships leave room for the other person to exist in the season that they're in. And if we don't change with our expectations as they're changing in life, Mm -hmm. we will mistake their love for hate. Yeah. Or we will mistake their lack, or I should say, we will mistake their love for lack. Mm -hmm. Who knows what it costs them? Just to do what they did. Call me that night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I remember a, uh, a, a, a friend of mine, married, has three kids, mm. gave me the only time he had that day. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was enough. I'm just like, bro, this is not the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. But think about it. He had an eight-hour shift, yeah. went home, mm-hmm. pursued his wife's heart, wrestled with his kids, fed him dinner, put him to bed, talked to his wife. His wife fell asleep. And he gave me all the time he had that day. Yeah. And it would be unfair of me mm-hmm. to say you don't love me well. Yeah. Bro, that that person, I just think of that parable where Jesus says the lady with the penny gave more. Mm. Because she gave all she had. Yeah. Even if all she had wasn't a lot, mm-hmm. she gave more. I mean, that's generosity. Generosity is not measured in how much you give. Generosity is measured in what it costs you mm-hmm. to give. And so I think we got to talk about that sometimes to allow ourselves and our friends to yeah. be human and to exist in the season that they're, they're in. Yeah, that, that's something I'm uh, navigating right now. Like I have two friends who are just in very different spaces in life. I have one who <clears throat> is married, has a child, uh, has a full-time job, is a homeowner, at one point had a dog, uh, and is just like, he's just like, living his life. Yeah. And then my other friend is a little bit younger than me mm. and he is navigating uh, independence and wanting to move out and what it's like to be an adult and navigate a relationship with his parents and finding his identity and growing in his faith and stuff like that. And so already, like that's not the space that I'm in. I can relate with both for different reasons, but the three of us coming together, it's a very unique situation Mm -hmm. because even the nature of our conversations are just vastly different. If we were just to talk about what we're dealing with that week, it might be insurance. It might be my mom said this. It might be finding a job. It might be I had an argument with whatever. I had an argument with my wife or I got to figure out where we're going to live in six months. Like it's just different stuff. And so something that I've even seen is like, as we're all sharing grievances, 
for my friend who's younger, it might be things that I've walked through already. And having a grace to be like, oh, I remember being there. Okay, cool. And and not having this expectation of, oh, you should be you should be here. Why don't you know how to do this or whatever? Just be like, oh, like this is he's just in a different space because I'm sure there are things that I'm going through that I share that the friend who's older with me he might be like, bro, he he could be saying the same thing. But I think being able to be like, okay, well, this person might not have shown up when we said, hey, let's all hang out and talk for four hours. Like, no, he has to get up and go to work in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Or people who who. My other friend who might want to talk about uh, a certain aspect of God's goodness. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. God is faithful, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but just like being willing to meet people where they're at and have grace for like, like you said, like if it's not a three hour conversation and it's 10 minutes or it's just a text or if we make plans for something and they fall through and they come back and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I had such and such. Cool. Not not taking it to heart and being like, you don't care about the friendship. It's just like, it's not always that serious. If you need to have that conversation, cool, yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. But having the wisdom and the wherewithal and just the, the natural, like, just see where people are at and listening to be like, oh, you have a lot going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so just being willing to kind of uh, just let people be where they are because like, everyone's on, on a different path. And us coming together doesn't eliminate those, those differences. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes us better. It can be challenging. Yeah, yeah. But if anything, like, just it gives it forces me to give grace and also just like be graceful and be patient and just like helps with the process of sanctification. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well said, Mr. Thibodeau. I try. I do my best. Listen, I'm just looking at the time. Oh, we've been going for a minute. We've been going. I feel like we can continue to go. Let us know in the comment section if you want a part two or part three. Um, I I just feel like we scratched the surface. There's so much I wanted to get to that we didn't get to. But as you can see, this is something that's near and dear to both of us. And something that I think is important, and we need to have more conversations around. Yeah, definitely. It's messy. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It takes a level of vulnerability. It takes time. It takes uh, intentional, messy, hard conversations. Yeah. And so, but it's it's necessary. Yeah. And it's beneficial. And I think that it could bring so much value to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's there's so much about friendship that I can share. But yeah, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for coming on this podcast to talk about friendship. Is there any last thoughts that you have on friendship before we wrap this one up? Um, I think one more thing that comes to mind is that I think about, um, I think this year, especially something that's been helpful for me is just like friends have carried me when I'm down and when I can't, when I can't carry myself. Um, and I think about, um, the story of the paralyzed man and his friends who busted open the roof, like tore apart somebody's house and like lowered him down and it was like because of their faith that that he got restored. Um, and yeah, man, it's just been like my friends have been extremely like instrumental um, to like my healing, my growth, um, encouragement, just being there like when I'm not able to show up for myself. Um, and so, yeah, man, just it's it's not it's not just having commonalities with people, but it's people who can like hold me up um, faith wise and who can like pray for me and hold me down and encourage me. Um, and can speak to like growth that they've seen better. Oh, hey, you're growing in this way because you used to talk like this, but now you're showing up like right. this. And so um, more than more than uh, just having people to go out to eat with or just like do fun stuff with and laugh with, which is also important. Like it's it's good for the soul yeah. to have like true friends around. That's good. Yeah, it truly is. I two two years ago, I went through the hardest season of my life hmm. and I, I didn't have anything. I didn't have faith. I didn't have hope, you know, I didn't have energy, and I could attest to what you're, you're speaking about, having yeah. friendships, you being one of them, 
where I could just show up and just be. And I wasn't in the best place in life, and there wasn't any expectation for me to be something other than what I was. And that allowed me the freedom to show up as is and know that I was loved not only when I could bring value or energy to the room, but even when I sucked the energy out of the room, <laughs> I wasn't adding value to the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it just it does wonders for the soul. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I, I 100% concur. Second that. Most of. Recommend it all the way. Get you some <laughs> friends. This was fun. This was great. Yeah. It was a good time. I feel like I talked a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a heavy topic, bro. There's a lot to say. There is a lot to say. There's a lot to say. I'm just used to asking questions. But hey, you in a new season. In a new season. This is good. Until next time, family, peace and grace. <laughs>